Do you feel rested, my friend? I feel more rested today than I did yesterday, but no, I don't. I don't very often feel rested, though. I, ri I rise most days feeling envious of the multiverse me that gets to remain in bed. Mm. I'd say most, if not, I'd say on average, one to six, somewhere in the range of one to six days a year, I get out of bed and I'm like, ah, here we go. Hello, day. Yeah, I was uh, I was on a call a couple days ago. No, yesterday. <laughs> uh, and it was like 1030 in the morning, you know, halfway through the work morning for me. And this colleague has three teenage children. And they're like, oh, I'm just making my kids breakfast. And I was like, oh, man, I remember I remember sleeping sleeping in as a teenager i don't i don't know if i've ever felt as rested as i did when i i think my my record was i don't know 15 or 16 hours or something mm -hmm. um i recently well i don't know sometime in the last year i read the book why we sleep and he speaks to that you know he's like our physiology changes and it's like mm -hmm. pretty horrific yeah. what we do to teenagers especially making them go to school at 8 a.m um at 8 a.m. for the most part or whatever uh, mm -hmm. so that's that's a that's a challenge but I I uh, feel the same way most most days and on that note what I've noticed is I'm I'm you know we're in our 40s and I I've noticed that I can't it's very hard for me to sleep in I mean my body wants to get up between like six mm. and seven at this point so if I don't go to bed early enough oh yeah I just won't get enough sleep it's 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 hard to you know, push it, push it out in the morning. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like this, I'm groggy today. Cause I was, um, I was up pretty late last night and doing some volunteering and then trying to take care of some things. And then of course, watch an episode of Wednesday. <laughs> um, which one of these seems non-essential you decide. I don't know. You tell me right in, yeah. right in and right. tell me. Which of those okay. I should leave out so I can get more rest? Well, and that could lead to our question of the day. Why rest? Why rest? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. We've been trying to think offline of what a good question is. This is a question that we can answer, you know, a yes or no, like is rest essential, that sort of thing. And I know. I have a complicated relationship with the word rest and I didn't used to, um, but as a um, probably, I don't know, it's weird to say this out loud, as one who could tenably be described as a knee-jerk uh, contrarian, when I see messaging come at me very aggressive, when I'm like, I don't like being sold things. I don't like sales. Uh, you were just talking about Wednesday. Um, I was just sitting last night uh, wrapping a bunch of presents. I mean, I have uh, influenza A or B. I don't know which one. Um, and uh, last night was the first time where I wasn't just like putting the kids to bed and just immediately just like flopping in my own bed and sh shoving blankets on top of myself and pulling up my hoodie and putting my winter hat on. And so I had a little bit of energy to at least 
uh, wrap some presents because I have a lot of flipping presents to wrap. And I was like, oh, okay, what streaming service do I go to? And I went to Netflix and then it, it just immediately did that autoplay function that they now do. You know, whenever you sit on any property, it starts playing the like trailer or clip. Yeah. That has reduced my Netflix usage so significantly. Honestly, I don't think I would have subscribed to Hulu if that Netflix hadn't started doing that. In some way, I was like, was I manipulated? Was I, did I lose the chess game? So they did that and they're all, they're all in cahoots. They're just like, the more we can get you to like, like lose your brain function by sitting passively in front of entertainment, then, you know, it works out for us. Um, and we're creating the WALL-E, you know, future. Um, but I, the reason I hate that is because it's constantly flipping selling. Like I'm already on your flipping app. I already subscribed to your app. I'm already on it. I'm already clicking around on the different titles. Don't then be like this. As I look at it, go this one, this one. No, if I wanted a flipping trailer, I'd click on the thing, select trailer. Like that's, that's how I want it. This whole like shoving stuff in your face. However, I've heard that function like increased like time user time on their app. So some people are different than me, but I find that so flipping offensive and I have found rest and like telling people to rest messaging so aggressive, especially over the past like four or five years that to me, it's, it seems I have trouble seeing it uh, as anything other than nefarious. I, I'm with you on the Netflix thing. Not, maybe not quite as severely, but yeah, I, I, it makes me just sort of feel like I have to like use it strategically. You know, especially if I maybe I'm on a phone call and <laughs> yes, I, mean, I shouldn't admit that I'm ever surfing Netflix on a phone call. But, you know, if, if there's ever any, anything else because it's noisy, it, like yeah. I just don't like being unpredictable. I have to like strategically think about when I'm going to open Netflix so it doesn't, you know, make a loud noise. It's just yeah. a very, it's like, what the heck? Like, why, why would it work like that? You I know. know. I press a button. That's, I want to be in control. What I do. Heck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people don't. And then, yeah. but listen, this is that, of course, I want to be in control gets to a fundamental problem in the relationship with activity and rest as well. Yeah. Because in rest, although this is the thing. Okay, maybe this will drill us down immediately to it because we're already meandering. What, like, what are we talking about with rest? Like, if it's rest and it means flipping sleep, then I'm like, heck yeah. But the whole thing of like unplugging, you know what I mean? Like, me time, self care, that sort of stuff. I've come to be like, I don't, whatever that is, we are obsessed with it as a culture. And it's basically the reverse of the exact same problem during the whatever boomer 80s, greed is good, work, do all the cocaine work 20 hours a night, buy, 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 sell, 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 short that stock, blah, blah, you know, that sort of like uh, uh, rat race insanity, I think. Not insanity, I was a child, you know what I mean? But like, that's the message I was being sold is that that's what we were doing, uh, that we were rat racing um, too aggressively. And I think right now we're in the exact opposite. And I think I've seen the, the detriment of that throughout this pandemic and all the other things we've talked about is where I was like, oh my gosh, people have, People were so psyched to just like Netflix and chill and get fat or whatever and go whatever. I, I can't, I, maybe I'm an old person, but goblin mode, like whatever the word of the year, A, it's not a word. Uh, B, I'd never heard of it before they used it. So maybe it's popular in circles I'm not part of, but, but people were so excited to go goblin mode 
that I was like, this is not, it's not our problem. I think we're over, we're over rested in terms of like brain function, uh, productive living, critical thinking. I think we're underslept, which is, I think one of the reasons uh, it's, it's because we're over rested. We're, we're underslept because we're over rested because we we indulge so much in me time and this stuff. And listen, I do it too. I'm, I'm not speaking like you, you filthy mongrels. No, it's us, all of us filthy, filthy mongrels. And I do the same thing more aggressively now that I have kids than I ever did before. Which when they go to bed, I'm like, what can I stuff into my eyes, ears, whatever, to just like do what I want. Just like, just be me and just be the, be the king and have the vassals bring me all the cinema that I desire. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good distinction. And even um, sheepishly trying to make our Netflix uh, branch relevant you know the, the question would be is is netflix restful right or, or is any tv really restful uh because yeah it is you know i remember people saying during the pandemic like oh 100 you know 100 years ago i don't know they had to walk up hill both ways in, in a blizzard during the pandemic and all you yeah. have netflix shut the hell up yeah yeah okay but is that that really healthy <laughs> like yeah no that's where i mean in some ways that's a that's a if, if someone would follow through this is why critical thought is obviously lacking how much better for us would it be if we had like if we had to be home and walk uphill both ways in a snowstorm be phenomenally fit would be able to deal with like temperature adversity right It'd be like a living ice bath uh all the, the quad strength and the and the, the glutes the glute impressions as well as the like unless we took the same route every day that like the neuroplasticity of having to like deal with these circumstances as opposed to again just this morning because i was feeling tired and stupid i um i looked up uh i was listening to a podcast about sort of whatever cognitive development and uh sort of premise they were exploring was that uh passive media consumption decreases um sort of neuroplasticity um what's the other one the serogenesis um sort of development of new nerves or whatever so in some ways it's like all you have to do is sit home and watch netflix this is like what do you mean man that's terrible that's terrible this is going to turn my brain into mush you know what i mean but i think we're too we're too many generations separate from from that messaging which was always a little overbearing anyways but i grew up with that right that like too much tv is going to turn your brain to mush but now all the grandparents that said that are dead or in a home somewhere and no one's listening to them the, the, um, and, and TV is so good now because TV used to be way crummier than it is now. So you're yeah. like, well, but it's almost it's almost like a movie, you know. The snarky upgrade to that I've heard is, um, well, the way I heard it was Fox News, although you could insert MSNBC, uh, is doing to our parents what they thought TV was going to do to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'd say I would just say I would say all news media. But listen, it's or maybe. Let's just point point the finger at everybody. Freaking nonstop television <laughs> is doing is just exactly what they said it would be. You know, it fills yeah. us. It fills us with a, a, a matrix a, neural link to program. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're choosing it. We're happily choosing to do it, and because we're choosing it, in some ways, we're creating a better version of it. You know what I mean? You can have. You can be intellectual. I still haven't listened to enough of the podcast to figure out what passive consumption really means, you know? But really, this is why I think video games are, I think video games are the greatest form of, uh, uh, 
what is it of narrative uh great, greatest form of story storytelling uh, mm -hmm. i don't think they've gotten there yet but i i just i think it's inevitable that they're going to be the it's it's really going to be pretty much the crowning achievement greater than literature greater than cinema uh because it's it's active passive but it's just active enough that you feel active and it does like create new like it, it does stimulate your brain enough that you don't feel like a complete um wasted space even though people are like oh my gosh you know gaming some that's that's the new melt your brain right but um but we do see that matrixy future already already ahead of us and it's not just media though it's all forms of like what the f are you doing this for you know but i think we're i i don't think rest is is that is that important in that sense however my big caveat is uh rest is commanded by god uh the the sabbath day remember the sabbath and keep it holy that it's the day you rest you actually don't rest though but you rest from your labors so you stop living in a way that's just like all the things that i want to do you do no work it's sort of like if that listen it's a premise that values labor and work um which i think we should as a society um value labor and efforts whatever that means and all people can deliver different kinds of labor, whatever is valuable to, to that society. We should sort of ascertain the middle ground between what we feel like we desire to pursue or are given to pursue and what the world actually needs and try to find how we, what, how we meet together in that way, synergistically. But having at least one day off from yourself being a king or queen of your own dominion and how you schedule your day, I think is phenomenally, uh, is is would be truly essential but i think the problem is with the, the way that we sell rest like through social media and stuff pretty much just says rest is you being in control it's when you just say all the things that you get to do and that's really like it's rest when no one's bossing you around well that's one quick loop back and then you just you just reminded me of something um yeah so yeah, I mean, just just talking about especially the the whole premise of um, hey, all you have to do is watch Netflix, especially in the context of what we've discussed at length on this show. Yeah, about the nature of the lockdowns to begin with, right? So just not only sort of placating people, but then dumbing us down even more at a time when we really needed to be thinking critically and yeah, quite vigilant as a society, right? yeah i mean really it was the time it was the time for us all to get in here let's all figure this out together you know what i mean it was definitely not a time for like everyone go away we've we've got this you know what i mean which is fascinating so then th and this is the thing it's selling it as like here you can just do what you want but not really you're you know what i mean isn't that it's it's trying to so that's why i was just like okay this whole rest thing is is a form of mass manipulate psychological manipulation because then it's like, oh my gosh, you get to Netflix and chill for two weeks slash three months, slash some places, six months, nine months, whatever, a year. And then it turned into, okay, well, you can stop Netflix and chilling if you've done this other thing. Then they put a caveat on it, right? You can come back to work if you've done this, that, and this. So I was like, wait a second. This is, that was a straight up prison maneuver. That was a trick you into prison maneuver. And it was, and it pretended that again, it, it deceived you into thinking you got to do what you wanted when you were literally doing what it is someone else told you it's weird right this is why rest is so complicated i think and this is why sleep i'm like sleep is way less complicated <laughs> so you just and you just need to sleep i think we're an underslept culture and i think it's because we're an overrested culture 
I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, that's basically the premise of that book. Why we sleep is just, yeah. not only do we not sleep enough, but we don't even understand much about sleep. He starts out the whole book by saying, oh, yeah. you know, imagine your, you know, doctor delivered or whatever midwife delivered, you know, hands you your baby and says, beautiful, perfect baby, 10 fingers, 10 toes. And by the way, about one third of this person's life will be spent in this like catatonic state that we don't really understand. We don't, we don't really exactly know why or what's happening. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Totally fine. Totally, totally good to go. And and yet there is some just colloquial, like, like we know, we know we need to get rest. We know we ought to get rest. We, we here, I, here I'm merging them. We know we need to get sleep. I'll be specific. Yeah. Uh, so I think I do kind of merge them, which, but I'm glad you're distinguishing them. Uh, we know we need to get sleep before the big test or the big game or the big whatever. Yeah. Or the big day. I mean, hell, I slept so well before the big day. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but I got this poster behind me, the Bongo's Dream Dorm, was, is the one. I, lo I love that poster. And framed and, you know, embedded in glass as we like to do. And, mm -hmm. uh, now, to recognize something as worthy of preservation. Yes. Yes. So we can never touch it again. I can never smell it or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, we, we, we need sleep in that literally will pass out eventually. Like our bodies will force sleep upon us. I mean, I think it's one of the ways we know right. something is a requirement and that's related. I, this just, I, this is only a sidebar. We don't need to follow this, but like at times that I have refrained from uh, compelled ejaculation, I, have been fascinated thinking i was like well i'm doing this because again my body kind of needs this um how long it actually takes for my body to go ahead and just make that happen all by itself oh yeah it's quite a bit longer than i thought so i was again i mean i think masturbation is absolutely a form of i think in some ways maybe our most uh undiscussed and concrete uh forms of let's just I'd say generally maladaptive rest in this, in the world, thanks to the internet and, and porn, honestly, as well. But like when I've just not done that, instead of, let's say, masturbating every day, maybe a couple times a day, then, and I was like, well, because that's kind of like what I need just to kind of like stay, stay baseline. You know what I mean? That's just like self-care. Then, Good job, it, man. and then I didn't, it took like a month, maybe a month and a half before I started having like, uh, nocturnal emissions as yeah. we learned learned about in sex ed so i was yeah. like okay no that's how often my body like quote unquote needs to because then it just took care of it now right. likewise i think sometimes we i've gotten to that framework with sleep though and i don't think it's a one-to-one -one. so that's what i'm saying it's a side long it's a side thing but there's something to learn there in that like it the degrees to which things are needs uh will certainly reveal themselves as, as such and i think our ability to like appropriately organize what our needs for rest or sleep or whatever compulsion we have food i mean obviously right we're we're a food addicted culture we're a media addicted culture um but i think it's I, it's been fascinating whenever we explore those things which sleep deprivation but you'll just pass out like you'll start hallucinating if you don't sleep for too long and then you're, you'll literally, you can just fall down and you literally can't keep yourself awake. So your body will make you do it. But with sleep, man, it'll make you do it pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, in the, again, in that, in that book, uh, Why We Sleep, I mean, he 
statistically compares being sleep deprived that's more dangerous when you're driving than yeah alcohol or drugs or i mean it's just it's it's really not good so i so i have a i don't know a, a, how should i say a, a sleep a rest mentor i'm gonna say mm. right here i don't think anybody uh, has regularly demonstrates and again I'm, I'm i guess i'm merging sleep and rest but my cat suki mm -hmm. is curled up next to me uh in, a, in an adorable little ball yeah well just yeah like she's amazing she's just almost constantly <laughs> yeah you wonder you know we're different species but we're both mammals and like huh like how much more ought i to be doing that and again mm -hmm. uh going back to that book i mean one of the you know he the, the sleep science is pretty young but one of the things he felt very confident about was that we are wired to nap mm -hmm. like mid-afternoon yeah know, an hour or two uh and i don't i i've always struggled with napping um i i've tried it's it's like when i can do it I guess I'm getting better and maybe that's just maybe maybe that's getting older I don't know but um I tended I don't know I feel like I I would want to nap just for like 20 or 30 minutes efficient mm -hmm. yeah but then I really I nap for like two hours and then I feel groggy and it's like, yes oh, or if I, yeah it's extremely difficult I used to when I could still do coffee uh I discovered and employed very regularly the the coffee nap or like the espresso nap so mm. you like you literally like down a cappuccino or whatever and then go immediately to sleep and then wake up and like oh my god 20 to 45 minutes and then you feel alert because the caffeine is kicking in i loved it it was great it didn't work for archie because she didn't um my wife uh she didn't uh she takes too long to fall asleep i fall asleep in less than three minutes maybe usually maybe mm. sometimes even seconds um and that's yeah. always been the case, even before I had like an autoimmune issue or whatever. I'm not like I've been in, I've had sort of insomnia stuff again, like, I don't know, uh, four, four times in my entire lifespan, like four, four nights in my life. Have I been like, I just can't fall asleep. I pretty much lie down. And my body's like. Bleh. And I've spent more time sleeping in a room with you than. Anybody other than my brother and like maybe one girlfriend. Yeah. I've t I know it's funny. I told someone the other day, the, um, I, I mean, I brought this up. I, I, I relate this anecdote at least once every two years of sleeping in college. I think we slept for 17 hours around, but we like slept, went to bed. I don't even know how late, but then slept throughout the, pretty much the entire day until it was dark. And then kind of like leaned over from the bunk. It was like, oh, you're still sleeping. It was like, yeah. And then we high-fived and went back to bed for like another four hours or something it was like a sick it was like a 16 16 to 18 somewhere in that range um so we've been celebrating sleep since the very beginning yeah but see for me that's one of the reasons i have i have some fear around sleep now i don't like dislike it um it's because i love it um you know as nas famously said uh you know i never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death maybe i like a little bit of death in my life um but i love sleep i love like I can imagine myself in a multiversal sense as someone who just 
again, was, uh, and this is, I think, part of the appeal of it in our modern society is like as a sovereign, you know, a prince who just like blazed about, slept as long as he wanted and showed up for certain court things and then functions and, blow, and, and just made most of his life one of leisure because there was no, there was no drive to accomplish. And I like that. And I have, but I have very, I have twin forces, I think, inside me where there's aspects of myself that want to transform the flipping content of the world itself, the world entire in a fundamental sense, um, as well as I would love to just sleep for 18 hours a day for like three or four weeks and then, and then, and then decide how I wanted to proceed. <laughs> I love sleep. But sleep is full of dreams for me too. Like I, I'm a lucid dreamer. So for me, it is kind of like plugging into the matrix. It's very appealing. So I, I want people, when I see all this rest messaging, A, I want to be like, stop talking about rest. You don't need more rest. You probably need less. You need more responsibility. You need more things to do. You don't need less. You don't, you don't need more self-care. You need more self-awareness. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just about like, kissing your own ass and telling you how how lovely you are fucking just do something so you stop thinking about all this stuff so much like we're so, we're over rested man and i think that's why we're so anxious we just don't we i think we i think we're a we're like a fun especially our post our generation and our generation like in i think in the backlash to that 1980s rat race we are many of us are hilariously unproductive individuals i don't know many people who look in their life and be like man I really did all that I intended to do. And I just, you know what, but I forgot to do my life. I'm sure those people exist. I just don't know a single one of them. And I'm not one. I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, how? And I've made a ton of stuff. I've made I've made thousands of, of like videos. You know what I mean? That's like part of what I do. I've, I've done hundreds of improv performances. I've made movies. I've made TV shows. You know what I mean? I've like done all, I can like check, put all the things up to like, I can arrange my room to make it look like I was really productive. But the amount of hours I spent not being productive didn't lead to that productivity being better. There, there, there have been times in my life when I've rested when I should have. There have been times in my life when I've slept when I should have and both of those opposite as well. But I'm not, I, I, I've, there's no part of my life being like, oh, that's really what I've, I've looked back and regret on, you know? Mm. Oh, I should have, I should have spent more, more me time I was like, oh my gosh, but so much me time, dude. We're, I, I think, and I honestly look at our country too, just in terms of like how we just have gotten crummier and crummier. Like we're less good at things. Like our, you know, our literacy index has fallen and our obesity has risen and our, you know what I mean? We're just, we're not, it's, and that's not just, that's not an accident, man. It's because we're, we're, we are, we're being compelled, I think genuinely compelled to be, to be straight up lazy. You know, and the problem is, is then in that laziness, we actually become phenomenally productive because that productive instinct still exists within us as human beings. It's like made in the image of God. We are meant to do. We end up doing meaningless things or doing acts of self-service. And then we feel discombobulated because we're like, mm, we don't feel really useful. And I would like to imagine that if you were up late, at least partially last night, like serving others, that you, uh, I hope you slept better because of that. <laughs> yeah i mean that's generally true um i don't i don't the volunteering i don't think was the challenge because yeah right i mean and it's also a lot of physical labor because it was delivering propane 
to houseless neighbors so it's it's quite physical and cold and um but then but then i it's what i did next i mean it, it was yeah staying i don't know doing i was like literally doing some bookkeeping and, and then i watched tv yep. um and for me it's it's it tends to be around so one of the one of the interesting things is uh for i don't know as long as i can for a long lo lot of years i have not used an alarm clock so mm -hmm. i i really celebrate that i mean i think yeah i think it's amazing it's like it feels like such a luxury uh because i just want to like you were saying <laughs> earlier in the today like just follow my body's rhythms yeah uh, you know, as much as i can and i notice my body really wanting to get up yeah like today i woke up at like six mm. six a.m sometimes it's seven so it's sometime between six and seven so if i get to bed at like 11 o'clock it's it's night and day oh mm. my god it's literally night and day okay literally yes but it's uh the difference between me going to bed at 11 o'clock and midnight has such a massive impact on how i feel the next day yeah my that's so funny well because i know you uh from our collegiate era as uh absolutely an owner of an alarm clock uh an alarm clock that you would notoriously uh pause or uh snooze i don't know i mean easily in the dozens of times i'm sure there's a record in there probably in the 30 in the range of 30 or so um I can hear, I can hear the, I can hear the screech of uh, various alarms that you had over the years. Actually, right I still have that same alarm clock. Oh, my that is, that would be triggering. That would be, that would put me in a place of, of discomfort. Um, so in a way that's wonderful. I, although this speaks to a weakness of mine in general as well, which is like, I have a somewhat adversarial relationship with my body, especially now at the, at the moment, because I'm like, my body's flipping annoying. And so because it's literally attacking me on a daily basis. So I'm just like, I'm trying the, I'm treating my body like it's a neurodivergent child where they say really when a lot of times those neurodivergent kids, when they start attacking that you're at least early on, it, it would be better to not react if they're, if they're, if you can, um, because they're essentially, that's kind of, that, that fosters a little bit of the mania that can lead to like assault or attack, you know, and that sort of like flip outness. So they're seeking some sort of response and, and uh, even, even negative, whatever attention, all that sort of thing. So if you can kind of just kind of stay in a place of peace and that's not, that's not how we deal with these sort of things. He's like, you do, become non-reactive. So I'm trying that with my body since my body is constantly attacking me. I'm trying to stay in the, well, that's just not what we do. Um, and then most times being like, all right, well, if you're going to be that way, I'm going to have to ignore you. I can't give you any attention because I don't want to, uh, I don't want you to foster you know, any uh, relationship of uh, positive, uh, positive feedback for the way that you're destroying me body. Um, so, but because of that, I don't know what my body's natural rhythms are really. And I, I don't naturally, I mean, as far as like my natural wake up, I mean, I don't naturally wake up almost like, I don't even know what it would be. It would be maybe, maybe 10 or 11, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Um, if I naturally, if I actually slept till I was done sleeping, but I love sleep so much that I don't know. This is why this whole embodiment work stuff that you get into is very interesting to me. Cause I was like, my body confuses the crap out of me. Like my body tells me to do so many things that don't really work out for my body. Like it, my body create, I put things in my mouth that I'm like, yes. And then my body flips out 
and bleeds and freaks. I'm like, mm. my body says yes. Like up here in my body says yes, 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 yes. Oh, this is it. Up here in my body, like here, somewhere in here, my body's like, yes, put this in here. And then my body, as I eat it, goes, yep, not poison. Yep, it's exactly what we want. Yay, yay, yay. And then it comes down here. And then my body is like, ah. I was like, what, what? My body is like not to be, so my body's not trustworthy completely, right? But in order to have a proper relationship with one's body, you kind of like have to know your body well enough to know when it's lying or when it's telling the truth. Because your body's not always telling the truth. Um, yeah, like which which part of the body is it coming from? Like, yeah, like, like like yeah. I mean, sugar. I, we, I think we evolved to you know need a very tiny amount of sugar. Yeah, <laughs> for energy and to and to know that that was sort of precious and, and valuable. And now, yeah, oh God, I was at a gas station. I was just like, it's like everything. Everything's just sugar wrapped in plastic. It's amazing, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. So about my. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to jump to something else if you want to comment on that. Go. Okay, so the thing you reminded me of earlier was something I created a few years ago called the Mario Brick. Mm. I've ever told you about the Mario Brick. Um, no. And I, I actually, this was back when I was doing more coaching and I was really getting into like the, well, as a coach, you got to like develop content and put out stuff. And um, So it, to your point about productivity, it was very helpful to have that motivation because mm -hmm. Oh, that actually produced some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and it's to help people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I think helping people is. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and sell it right now. I, I hope maybe to, maybe I'm mostly saying this to make people angry, and then you can finish your anecdote. Um, I think helping people is a cure for depression. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hugely. And I somewhere yeah. there's a, a YouTube video of me talking about mutual aid, very much along those lines. Yeah. Um, and so I call this, there's, there's my blog. Um, and I don't, I don't know if the word rest is even on this. Yeah. I don't think I use the word rest at all. So mm -hmm. I, I talk about, I, I say, give yourself the gift of time. And mm -hmm. then a lot of my thing was about self-love. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is you, you put a Mario brick on your calendar. Mm -hmm. I even got the step-by-step -step. and yeah. then, and then we, it's, it's, it is an embodiment exercise. So, so the Mario brick, I mean, for those who don't get it is like, Mario would go around and smash these bricks and then a coin would pop out. So the idea is you put this Mario brick on your calendar and you don't plan anything. So when you get there, because you really don't know what what's going to be exactly you're going to be going on with your life ahead of time or yeah. what shape your body is going to be in or whatever. So you get there and then you smash it, which means you delete it. Probably for me, an electronic calendar, you can I don't know, scratch it out or yeah. it, whatever the hell you want to do um or maybe i don't know maybe a burning man thing could be to make like like a life-size mario brick thing where you actually like run yeah. through you know, yeah snap. yeah yeah oh my god that's 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 <laughs> okay that's my new destination yeah uh, that is literally a, a i mean i was intoxicated at the time that is literally a, a burning man art concept that i was like how could we do that like out in the playa like put a bunch of bricks just enough for like that amount of run and to be able to run and at least make it ding every time you you'd have to like jump really high to touch it like you'd have to be someone who could like you put it like 10 feet up so you'd need either to be a very high jumper or you'd need someone to boost you so it would, it would create a community and then every time you hit it it would ding and i was like but how do we make it float in the air because i was like it would bum me out if you could see how it was held up there bones yeah bones 
So then you smash it. Yeah. And this is the key part. You, you know, do whatever practice you might have. For me, it's like just sitting and contemplation, like, you know, meditation. Yeah. Just see what comes up. Like, just really yeah. ask, like ask deep, deep down. I mean, maybe not, maybe not the cravings. Like I want a cookie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. There was a Simpsons episode where Bart was in a, like a garage band and Homer comes on. He's like, I can't hear myself think. And they stop. And he says, his brain says, I want a donut. <laughs> now you heard yourself think. Anyway, uh, nobody's going to be able to follow the Mario Brick from this. So we'll, we'll, we'll post the link on Tumblr or something. But the idea is you, you bust it. You, you, you ask your body what it really needs. And then you do that. Mm-hmm. I think the last I did one of these, I hadn't done one in gosh, I don't even I don't even know a long time because like the pandemic almost felt like this. Yeah. Well, it it sort of theoretically the lockdown, it should be specific, sort of felt theoretically like a Mario brick, but it but it sort of wasn't because it wasn't intentional. It was just like this drawn out ocean of, you know, like just yeah. weird anxiety and no, yeah. You need you need beginning and end times, man. And so this is like, oh, th for three hours, like I'm not gonna schedule anything else i'm not gonna let anything else happen i'm just gonna follow you know my my body follow my follow my bliss um and i actually i was even like doing like video sort of i videoed my my first mario brick which is much more rare for me than you hmm. um, so anyway that's the idea of the mario brick yeah the uh one loop back i wanted to do though was about the sabbath i mean speaking hmm. of getting an end because that I'm very curious about that. I mean, I've never had that as a religious practice. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like really groovy, you know, yeah. to carve that out and just and it, honor, yeah. honor that. It feels sacred. Yeah. And it's the beginning of the week too. Like, I think my whole, I didn't realize, I was here, when you look at calendars, that's how it is. But my whole life, I always thought of Sunday is the end of the week. Um, and then it was like, well, no, it's not how calendars are arranged. And that's not how we, organized now listen i understand we created weeks or whatever but we can argue about that all we want um but essentially sunday is the first day of the week so it's like it's actually how you begin begin the week you begin the week in a state of rest and and literally be like okay well i'm going to serve god first and then god what do i do from here and you may already have all the things you, of course you need to do and that was the thing that we were like it was commanded to to rest from which was like all the labors that you have like you're not supposed to like shovel the, the poop out from under your donkeys. You know what I mean? Just all the things like this is just practical life stuff. But we actually even set that aside in order that you have a proper relationship of like, A, why you're doing anything. And then, and then B, also have a sense where you're like, before you get up to an exhausting week, you, you actually check in. You're like, wait, Lord, what do you want? Okay, what do I want? How am I feeling? What's going on? Like what? You, you it's it's really a it's a turn and regard you know what i mean and i was jealous man growing up of people who didn't sabbath because i was like they get two days off <laughs> days off you get saturday which is like fun cartoon day and then sunday is just like sleep in day more cartoons like movies what do other kids get to do Whereas like as a kid, um, Sunday felt like kind of like a work day in a way. And it really is, but it's a work day for the Lord. It's a work day, not for you. 
which is, I think, one of the most important things. So then it's like a, it's not even self-forgetfulness exactly, but it is heading that direct, it's heading that direction on the compass where it's just like, it's not, it's not about me. A, I can't, this is helpful for me. A, I can't change the world to the degree that I desire to change the world. And I don't mean to be a, like a negative Nelly, because I still think any, yes, I am the ridiculous naive who thinks in a single internet comment thread argument that that could, how I can see how that could cascade and one voice crying in the wilderness, one person saying no can change the entire world. We were taught that way in history and it was probably naive and probably silly and narrative based and trying to inspire children or whatever. But that's how I live my life. And, but I'm also realistic enough to know I, my ambition uh, will always exceed my grasp. And that's kind of part of the joy, right? Is to aim as high as possible, aim higher than you can achieve. And, and maybe someday you'll get there to what you want to aim for. But in the very least, whatever aim for the moon, you'll get the stars, you know, whatever aim for the stars, you'll get the moon. I don't know, whatever, how that phrase goes. And I think that's one of the great things about having a day of rest, but that's what it's rest from. It's rest from self in a lot of ways. It's rest from like your self desires, um, which I think we could use generally just to, even just to shut up the obligation. Cause I feel like that's what we're obsessed with in the virtual world. And they're like increasingly virtual world is like a comprehensive, you know, macro understanding of, of ourselves. Like most people are now like phenomenal, even just like bad, some very biased experts, uh, but biased experts in ourselves, you know? And then a lot of people like yourself or whatever, encouraging people, okay, well, if we're going to be obsessed with ourselves, let's do it intentionally, consciously. Let's Let's look at our shadow cells. Look at our light cells. Let's like let's really do this comprehensively instead of the sort of like spurious way in which we generally conduct it. But in in some ways, perhaps the whole endeavor might be idolatrous or or navel gazing anyway. You know what I mean? But I appreciate at least trying to purify that which is sort of like impure. But there is something in there that's worth knowing. Like it, it, I think it's important to know oneself. But I think through because of the virtual world, it's it's too much, man. You know, yeah, there's, I mean, there's some parallel there with, I think, meditation and contemplation. Like mm-hmm. that, that's the basically the point of it. Yeah. Get, I don't know, get outside ourselves to get deeper in ourselves, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or just get away, man. Just stop. And this is why I think people love passive entertainment, though. Archie talks about this all the time. Uh, my wife, she... Um, she watches shows and movies, shows especially. I don't watch a ton of television. I like movies, but um, I, uh, uh, I've always been skeptical of television um, for reasons we won't go into. But she watches stuff and she watches things that I'm like, I'm always surprised that she's watching sometimes. And she's like, well, I want something that I can like tune in and out of. She's recipe testing a ton or whatever. And she'll be watching Heart of Dixie or whatever. And uh and she's like, yeah, I can kind of tune in and out. And then also when she's done working for like, and she's thinking and she's making three recipes at a time and her brain starts to feel so freaking full. She's like, want to just shut off. And I was like, I think more people do that than confess it. That, you know what I mean? And then you try to paint it as like, oh, I'm, I'm watching this particular show to keep up in the culture or people want to justify and talk about television shows they like to talk about, oh, it's so good. 
So I'm watching this thing that's so good. It's a really good art thing. You know what I mean? We have this thing we're kind of constantly justifying in that way. It's also a form of appreciation, but we are also justifying this desire to just disconnect and shut shut off and oh, stop. Yeah. You know, and so in some ways, like quote unquote mindless TV is a, I think, a maladaptive form of like absence meditation. Like if you're meditating, you sort of absent yourself from yourself to just be like, I, I just, I, I exist. I barely exist. I may not even exist. You know what I mean? But just to stop thinking about myself or thinking about what I want or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if you can just watch quote unquote mindless TV, then you're like, oh good. It makes my brain stop working because I'm overwhelmed by existence. <laughs> yeah, I I think I had heard this and picked it up and even wrote it that <laughs> forward to that book um the dissociation can be a form of self-care mm -hmm. and i i still believe that but i but i sort of wonder the part that comes before it yeah it's like what led what led to the need for self like yeah maybe that's what you really need because you're so overwhelmed or else i'll speak for myself because i do that yeah. too yeah I, I push myself so hard that, that i'm just like sitting there being like I I can't even type anymore. Like I don't even know yeah. what. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like like how do I stop before then? What's well, creating? You're creating. You're creating your own trauma. Essentially, you're traumatizing yourself by pushing your. And this happens with sleeplessness too. You're you're essentially torturing yourself. Like lack of sleep is a form of torture. Like it literally use it. They used it in like what whatever. Uh, what's it, how great? What's the great? Whatever. The Guantanamo Bay. Um. So that, you know, they torture people with, with lack of sleep. So we do that to ourselves, uh, except we do it in a form of pleasure, which is super weird. So then the disassociative response, I mean, think about how typically we would have thought of that. Like if you're a prisoner of war and you might just kind of like look at the wall and kind of zone out and kind of see pictures in the wall and disassociate because you're in a flipping prisoner of war camp. It happens to, uh, to rape victims. Um, I, I'm just going to reference a song, but like in, in Tori Amos's, uh, you know, me and a gun and a man in my, and a man on my back, but I haven't been to Barbados. So how am I going to get out of this? Like literally describing a dissociative, like just starts thinking of like things she hasn't done because she doesn't want to be there in her body. So in sexual assault, in uh, rape, in prison war camp, in like wartime, right? You like try to find things where you can just like shut your brain off from the trauma. But why are we in like a phenomenally profitable society and in phenomenal degree of historical comfort why are we having that level of a trauma response like something has gone wildly wrong either with the society we've created or with our own ability to bear up under under any sort of pressure so so that's a good segue into something i wanted to bring up yeah uh, which is the nap ministry mm by Trisha Hershey. I'm going to pronounce it that way. I hope uh, that's correct. It might be Hersey. It's it's spelled H E H E R S E Y. Um, and I haven't I haven't gone super deep into this, but I, I like the idea of it. Um, the book is Rest is Resistance, a manifesto. Mm. Um, again, by Trisha Hershey, the founder of the Nap Ministry. And I I, I want to read this description because I think this might give us a couple of things to chat about <laughs> broadly. Um, and of course, this is like the marketing description for the book, but it's it's kind of juicy. Uh, 
Disrupt and Push Back Against Capitalism and White Supremacy. In this book, Trisha Hershey, aka The Knapp Bishop, encourages, <laughs> us, encourages us to connect to, to the liberating power of rest, daydreaming, and naps as a foundation for healing and justice. Mm. We like to live in a, in a well-rested world. Far too many of us have claimed productivity as the cornerstone of success. Brainwashed by capitalism, we subject our bodies and minds to work at an unrealistic, damaging, and machine-level pace, feeding into the same engine that enslaved millions into brutal labor for its own relentless benefit. In Rest is Resistance, Trisha Hershey, aka the Knapp Bishop, casts an illuminating light on our troubled relationship with rest and how to imagine and dream our way to a future where rest is exalted. Our worth does not reside in how much we produce, especially not for a system that exploits and dehumanizes us. Rest in its simplest form becomes an act of resistance and a reclaiming of power because it asserts our most basic humanity. We are enough. The systems cannot have us. Mm, that is a powerful statement. Uh, let me, can we pause the scoring? I just have to buy a break and I'll be right back. And then we can, I think this is a great way we can, well, We'll take this as a big chunk into our into the conclusion. That's a great. Um, that has a ton. So wait. So I'm gonna go to the bathroom and daydream about what what you just read, and you do the same. We'll be right back. So you launch in with the. So you, you've, you're familiar with that. So you drop that bomb on me. I obviously have a ton of thoughts, but you go go ahead and unpack your thoughts first. Well. Uh... One, well, you said something off the record, which I think weaves in with this related yeah. related to winter. Yeah, uh, and I think maybe that you were even—I don't know if that's what you were commenting on at the very beginning, or 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 more broadly. But I certainly have seen a huge uptick in the sort of, hey, like it's it's winter. We are naturally called to hibernate, just mm -hmm. as creatures of mammals. Um, yeah, you know, I don't. That doesn't seem implausible to me. I don't know if I seen any sort of studies around it but no uh, it's just a, it's a different work it's a smaller i think your your rotations of work are intended to be like denser got it uh but the the part about the nap ministry well one one thing quite personally that i that has really graded me um in the context of you know because i i hang in in the in the circles where everything I just read um, related to the NAP ministry is mm. pretty much in line with, you know, anti-racist kind of culture um, mm -hmm. work. Uh, but one thing that has bugged me is, I mean, in, uh, particularly in my white male affinity group, you know, there are times when I just get this sense that, well, actually, I don't just get a sense. It's like, there's one person in particular who's just like, well, flat out, like, like, try to sort of call you out for for resting or for self-care like oh like interesting somebody misses a meeting because they're like yeah I'm, I'm not feeling well or i'm i need rest you know or i need to take care yeah. of myself and, you know take care of my family it'll there's sometimes blatantly or, or just this kind of air of like oh well that's that's isn't that isn't that nice that you're leaning on your privilege because you know our marginalized brothers and sisters don't get that opportunity yeah but they do they do <laughs> literally everybody has it like you know what i mean everyone has that capacity i mean a house a a houseless person right they have ability to rest when they need to it's, it's obviously harder for them 
but they, because of various uh, choices they've either made or have been shoved upon them or combination of both. But I mean, I think that, I think that's, that's definitely the thing. I mean, I find her comments so provocative. A, you're going to lose. And B, who are these magical, who are these magical elves that people are so concerned about who, well, they can't do this. You know, none of us, is it the whole, none of us are free until all of us are free thing? Or is it none of us can rest until all of us can rest? I mean, it's like, I don't, I mean, basically you'll never get to rest because there are children, you know, whatever, 15 year old boys right now mining cobalt for your flipping iPhone. And they, they're not able to rest, literally not. They can't just choose to because someone will hit them on the back of the head with a stick. So until they can rest, we can't rest. That's not going to work. Like we're, we won't be able to free them <laughs> because we will collapse. You know what I mean? So yeah, well, I don't, I, I just, I deny the entire premise that would tell someone they can't, they can't rest. Of course, listen, we also need type A's that are like that, who are like, mm, you said you'd be there. You know what I mean? So, and I'm not a type A, so no, uh, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a producer. I'm not just, you know, that, that is a producer mentality. So I understand to me, it's just an ill, it's an ill-founded method of motivation for something that may need to happen. Yeah. And I think if we <laughs> make a generalization about any sort of quality of, of being connected to the ability to, to sleep or to rest, it's I more likely point out trauma. Yeah. Uh, I actually just started reading um, "The Body Keeps the Score," which I, you know, sort mm. of worked around for years. But you know, which is held as like one of the, I don't know, main tomes of of trauma work. Mm. And uh, he starts the whole book out by talking about like a Vietnam vet who can't sleep, you know, because he has nightmares. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that to me is is a more likely correlation. And then from there, you could say, okay, which groups? suffer more trauma systemically right and yeah that's a correlation more to identity-based groups um but anyway, well, yeah, but that's the, but, yeah 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 but that's the interesting part it's like I, I that that is such a huge leap so that's of course why her statement in general made me irritated to then leap from someone who's been in war to to like an identity marker it's just so, i mean that is a, it's obviously an enormous cast it's an enormous leap to then be like, well, those can, we can definitely accord those to each other. You know what I mean? Especially with the Vietnam is very specific, right? Because the draft was, was enacted. As opposed to if a soldier is traumatized for having enlisted, that's a completely different scenario. Because then they've made choices, specific choices that were, would absolutely produce trauma and then did produce trauma. So the, we, we actually have to have a slightly different relationship to that as to someone who was essentially forced you know, forced or mass coerced into a situation that, that caused them trauma. But I think that's the thing, when she's like, you can fight capitalism and white supremacy. I was like, well, first of all, Bishop, the Bishop of Rest is going to, like, y'all are going to lose. The Nap Bishop. Sorry, Nap Bishop. The Bishop of Naps. Uh, she's, y'all Y'all are going to lose then. So go ahead. Yep, go ahead. Rest, rest as much as you want. Knowing human nature and knowing my nature, you tell me I should rest and it's really important for me. Cool. I'm just going to start resting all the time. You know who's not going to rest? Capitalists and white supremacists. In which case, cool. Then this is how you lose and you get colonized. All right. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't fight as hard. All right. They, they win. The productive people win. Look at China, man. China is straight up winning. I don't think ethically they're winning. Enacting, you know, they're perpetuating genocide. 
um, peace out Uyghurs, but they, but they're winning in terms of the like productivity, the world stage, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They're like, so, and now granted, is it, is it more ethical to lose a battle and like an unfair battle? That is a great argument. Uh, you could absolutely make that. The Bishop and Naps could make that. But I was like, it's not, in, in trying to frame it against entire systems, which are really just systems that people use, capitalism is just like a system, a motivating uh, system or a way to commodify value and structure uh, handling of goods, essentially, of things that people don't have that they need and things that other people have that they need. Um, I mean, I think she's not talking about capitalism or white supremacy is what I actually think. And I think in some ways, as usual, I'm getting irritated because I'm looking at those words in their traditional meeting and they probably don't mean at all what I'm even frustrated about. So let me stop talking. <laughs> well, I didn't read the, the last paragraph, so maybe this will help. Yeah. Rest, rest is resistance is rooted in spiritual energy and centered in black liberation, womanism, somatics, and Afrofuturism with captivating storytelling and practical advice all delivered in Hershey's lyrical voice and informed by her deep experience in theology, activism, and performance art, Rest is Resistance is a call to action, a battle cry, a field guide, and a manifesto for all of us who are sleep deprived, searching hey. for justice, and longing to be liberated from the oppressive grip of grind culture. Interesting. So that, yeah. that's, that, I think grind culture uh, is is the correlation to capitalism. So I'm curious if that term lands better with you. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, but grind culture is just part of life, man. Like flipping, having a child. Ultimately, once you get down to labor, it's flipping grind time, man. When you're trying to finish something, you're trying to finish the ark before the flood comes, it's grind time. Grind, grind is really just about like most of the time, not always, uh, just poor scheduling. I've grinded. I, I didn't, I wasn't, grind culture wasn't forced upon me, but I got to tell you, I was an active proponent of grind culture throughout my entire collegiate experience because I waited to the last flipping second to really do all the work, in which case it was grind time. Now, continual grind, I don't know anybody who's in that. That, that would be a, a form of slavery. Um, I, but I've worked in production most of my life. So then for me, that's like grind time is when you're like actually shooting something. So that's when your schedule goes right into, into heading into that, like early pre-pro people are coming in, you know, whenever it's eight to 10 hour days. Then once you get real close to production, then it's 10 to 12. When you're in production, it's 12 to 17 hours a day until you're done. And then once you get into post, hopefully if it's scheduled appropriately, you can kind of dial it back. And then you're more in the 10, 12 until you're done. And then for most people I know, like who I, I've always known freelance people, and then you rest, you do flipping nothing for two weeks. I was like, hey, it's the same time thing around harvest. Or I was just watching Yellowstone the other day. I was like, once you got to brand all your cattle. All right, that's all hands on deck. You're not sleeping for the next two, three days. It's just a grind, grind culture is part of, of what we do. We're just trying to achieve so much so often. And we have such a difficulty ranging what's important. I think that people grind on too many things. But I think we grind on self-love and grind on self-pleasure and we we cram. I don't know. It's just I, I actually think that's about an individual aptitude. Now, if that's her problem individually, then she's saying, hey, this is my problem. And if it's my problem, it's probably other people's problem as well. So in that part, I, I, I totally um, I'm totally down. 
Um, I think yeah. I still I, I still might be in general opposition to her entire her entire framework, but yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll actually read the book and see what see what it means. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I think yeah. I mean that let's assume that's true. <laughs> like she just was doing this for herself, and then uh, you know, and then that way I can relate. I mean, probably the same motivation that led me to even write the thing about the Mario brick. Yeah. Um, and I just I see that in myself. I I. As, I don't know, as an entrepreneur, uh, and and not having kids, I mean, it, it sort of, in a way, almost permitted me to to just expand, <laughs> like my my work. And then I've I've really paid attention to the justifications that come up, whether you know it's purpose oriented or yeah, helping other people or you know, there's all these reasons that that I'll just be like, yep, got to keep going, gotta yeah. Keep you know and so i it was actually i don't know like i think it was in the like the first year of the pandemic where i was i had to just confront that you know because yeah. I, I realized like oh crap like i basically have the schedule of a workaholic <laughs> yeah i'm just sort of masking it because it's i don't know like purpose-oriented or or um i don't know purpose-driven or or what am I trying to say? You know, work work for good or helping people, yeah. Helping, yeah. building better systems and cultures and ideas. And so yeah. I, I do resonate in the sense that I don't, I do, I dream of, of some kind of work where that, that doesn't have to be that way. Um, yeah. Really curious about the idea of like a four day work week. Like it's funny, you just do the math. I mean, for several years now, I think our like average engagement in corporations has been something like, uh 30% in America so mm. like 70% disengagement yeah. you know if like real basic math if that's true then we could be basically getting all of our work done in like i don't know the first two days of the week <laughs> yeah yeah theoretically yeah 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 but even that but even that's part of the gr that's part of the grind mentality too but i think which is why it's not it's not evil grind culture is not evil it's just a, it's a it's a method it's a procrastinator's method let's be honest it's a procrastinator's method of how to get done what needs to get done and society needs to be transformed well i i, I agree with yeah. what you said like yeah. it's fundamentally a scheduling problem because yeah. why do we, we stretch it out because well not everybody's going to be available those two days so you're going to have you're still going to have that one weird yeah. meeting on thursday yeah or just to your point like I, I don't know. I wonder about that because I think I've never been in quite the production environment you're describing, but yeah. I think I do well with like bursts of work and then bursts of rest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd be, it'd be interesting to experiment more. Yeah. I loved, I loved, and of course I've been surrounded most of my life by like freelance type people. I love it. If the, and I'm never, it doesn't leave me depleted. 16, 18 hour days. I don't feel tired. Mm. You, you, you go shoot 16 hours and then you're like, who wants to hang out? You're like, you don't, you don't want to go. Like it's enlivening. When you're doing something purposeful, there, there, the it is not, there is no detriment. And so this is the thing when I'm like, not that everyone's gonna find work that's immensely purposeful in that sense. And not that it's easy to get that work, right? Most of my life has been struggling to get the work. So, but uh, I think that's a much more important reframing is uh, 
and this is again a Christian point of view, but it's like do do all things as unto the Lord. So then like everything you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you're eating, you're drinking, you're working, your labor, everything is supposed to be like an act of worship, which means then it's purposeful and it's meaningful. Even if it's literally as simple as like, I'm packaging and this is not, I'm not, uh, again, I'm not castigating those who do this. In some ways, it sounds like a great job, but like packaging things at Amazon. I'm putting things in boxes. You know what I mean? And people talk, stand-up comedians talk about this all the time. So maybe it's a, it's a comedian's look at the world. But like, if you're going to work at Amazon packing boxes, flip and love it. Flip and be the best person there. Make it, make it meaningful. Flipping, find a way that it can be meaningful. You know what I mean? And ultimately, if if your whole life's purpose is to serve yourself, it's very difficult to make that meaningful because you're like, how does this benefit me? It gets me money and that's it. And then no wonder you're going to resent capitalism because that's a money is a, not that amazing of a motivator. It's it's bare. It's you can then do things with that money, maybe, but then you're so many degrees away from your motivation. It's it's too absent. Like I don't think I don't know how you embody that. It's it's too it's too um conceptual. But like if you work at a gas station, be the flipping best gas station attendant ever. Like why not be fantastic? You know, why not be great at what you do? Find find the joy in what you're doing. And it's not always easy. Same thing with parenting, right? I like launched into parenting somewhat intentionally. So, and it's not always fun, but like, it's kind of my gig. It's my job to go, okay, but what is the joy in here? And what is the joy even in the muck and the mire, in the grind of it? And not just be like, oh no, we're in the grind. This part sucks. You know what I mean? You're just like, okay, but what's embrace the suck. What's good in the suck? Like that's, so I think in some ways, what you went through is probably good to go. Let's, it's a great time to reevaluate. But when it's a, again, I, I think the lockdowns were just, that's harm. Like that's harm to you in, in many ways. Stop doing, stop doing beneficial things. I mean, they shut gyms down. You know what I mean? I'm not turning this into another lockdown episode, but like they shut gyms down and churches down. You know what I mean? So then hold on. What? A, hilariously, the Washington Post just published a thing like this week being like, new study says uh, any degree of exercise, you know, uh, can produce beneficial COVID outcomes. It was like, that's what everyone said when you said we're shutting the gyms down. You're like, what are you talking about? Exercise leads to better health. Like, we, so again, we, we, we all experienced trauma. In this case, it was forced trauma. They literally penalized businesses uh, that didn't, didn't comply. So in some ways, they forced us into a false, an absolute false reevaluation. You know what I mean? That was, but they, so it was compelled. So in some ways, it was, I mean, that's the most, so that's the weird thing. Forced rest is the most capitalist flipping thing they could possibly do. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you went there because my my friend, uh, B. Uh, Bocalandro, uh, wrote a book called Do Good at Work. And I actually saw like a preview of a TED talk she's working on uh, about that very thing. And it's cool. some amazing stories about like, just like how you can bring purpose into any job. And absolutely. And, yeah. It's, it's, um, I, I haven't read it yet, but. Cool. So, what a, it's a cool name too. Yeah, I know. Like, but yeah, that's the, well, that's the way in which you can rest in doing. Right. That's the whole. I mean, that's the whole Christian effort is to kind of constantly surrender in continual activity. Like you, but you're, you're surrendering outcome, A, because I'm not in charge of outcome, 
Um, and then, and you're enabled to like make, make, make it a dance. So the responsibility comes not from like, like capitalism can be joyful. Capitalism can be conscious. Capitalism, like in many ways, capitalism has been one of the most beneficial systems for general world, for the, for the world in general, meaning we've raised the standard of living, less people are starving, uh, more people are reading, uh, less babies are dying, that sort of thing. Like over, over time, we have more trees. We have more, we're a greener world than we were like 30 years ago. So in a lot of ways, like it, it's produced a bunch of good things. We can absolutely see the harm. It's very easy to look at like what's so rapacious and selfish and like competitive in a really gross way about, about capitalism. But like it can be transformed. So this is the weird thing when you vilify like just an organizational system that hasn't, well, especially I would say, for, this is again, the Bishop of Naps when she brought up black liberation theology, um, which I'm, I, I find hilariously waylaid, um, which is pretty explicitly tied into Marxism. So then in that case, she's sort of, in being anti-capitalist, she's essentially championing a form of Marxism, not subtly throughout her state thesis statement. And then Marxism we know is like the most harmful, like organizational philosophy of human beings that has ever existed. Meaning, like under Marxism, Mao and Stalin, like are the two greatest like despot mass murderers under under a sort of Marxist thought based construction. Like Marxism is more harmful. I've been only realizing this lately in terms of just like running the numbers. And I was like, why do people hate Nazis so much? I think it's really just because Nazis have cool symbols and it's like something you can kind of hang your hat on. But like Marxists killed, have mass murdered more people than any other organizational system in human history so then that's why i mistrust her and this is why i generally mistrust this whole rest thing and i'm like what is this about like to me it's and i was like especially if you weave marxist thought in which she did with black liberation theology was that whole thing again is very much like the lockdown which is rest go home do your thing we're going to take care of it how marxism always turns out is basically just the same way as capitalism except worse, more dead people, more murders. And then a, t a very small amount of people have all the power. And then a ton of people are left destitute or, or dead, which seems to be a human problem, mind you. But anyway, I just want to keep going back to kick. I want to keep kicking the Bishop of Naps, even as I've taken naps the past four days. <laughs> uh, and, and the point about work, uh, I think Ander, mm. uh, one of the latest Star Wars shows, hand, handled that pretty well when when he had to like get into his work. And, yeah, in pre yeah in in not to spoil, but yeah in like a in a forced labor scenario. Well, and you can see how it transforms your existence. I mean, it's 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 this is whatever this is a uh, you know the whole uh, whatever the philosophy of meaning teleology. Uh, sort of concept, you know, that even in concentration camps or whatever, find a way to make your day meaningful. Find a way to do things throughout your day that's like, give you meaning. You know, essentially the thesis that it is it is more important for us to have meaning than food, water, shelter, safety. So again, this is the this is the crisis I think we find ourselves in. But this is the good thing about the past two or three years is by being authoritarian, what is the word, sort of despotically uh, demanded 
to, to obey and go away and stop being productive, we're able to stop and examine and go, okay, well, wait, how, what was I doing? And I think that's why a lot of people haven't returned to the labor force. I mean, A, yes, some people are just like sucking on the government teat or whatever. Um, but then, and then why wouldn't you do that? Because you've been paying them for years. So why not get as much of your money back as possible? Um, better, better get some unemployment or else they're going to give it to Ukraine anyway. So, but it also makes you go like, what am I doing? Like, why was I at that job? Like, I, I didn't love it. I don't, I don't know how to. So then you can either go back to that job with a new frame of mind and be like, I'm so excited to be productive again. Cause I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with being productive. I think we, I think it's something wrong with not being productive. So speaking uh, of being productive. Yeah. Uh, here we are. I don't know when this will air, but today we are heading into um, what I typically neutralize as the holidays, but with you, I will say Christmas. Um, and I'm sure we celebrate that with different meanings. Um, so, you know, and, and it's, I often try to, <laughs> I, I, you know, one way, one way all this shows up for me is just how hard it is, how hard I, it is or how hard I make it for myself to, to like, to take time off. And Oh, interesting. Yeah. Week I'm sort of fighting myself to, to preserve the like couple days I've, I've carved, managed to carve out. Yeah. Um, cause you know, there's all these things I want to wrap up and do and Oh gosh, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be lovely? So I I'm I'm just almost always in that quagmire of like, you know, I, I think I'm extremely productive in in a lot of ways, and and I so crave rest. Um, but but I do <laughs> I do love Christmas and just the time it is with my family, and uh, even though we don't have much connection to the the religious significance of that it's it's just a beautiful time to rest and to be together and mm -hmm. do nothing for a minute for a minute so how, yeah. how is it for you uh well i'm unemployed so i have the opposite problem for me like being productive is um it's far more my challenge uh, at this phase of my existence uh as a human being um and honestly but honestly though I, even when i was like busy all the time it was never hard for me to like shut it down like i do that on my birthday um i would just be like oh it's my birthday i'm not doing anything no i'm not like oh we're doing this at work i'm like yeah it's my birthday dude i'm not I'm not working on my birthday what are you kidding me it's the biggest biggest holiday of the year um but it's easier it's easy very easy to do that when the imposition uh on your schedule comes from outside for me anyway if it's like oh someone needs me to do something i was like i don't care like if, if it's not time to do that, I could care less what your need is. But I think some of that comes too from having like a Sabbath practice, which means, sun, oh, your audition's on Sunday. It's like, oh, I don't work on Sunday. So that's not going to happen. Um, and maybe that's a culture that m people don't have in them, in which case th it takes them to this place where they're just like, ah, and they just want to reject everything because they feel so imposed upon. Um, uh, it's hard for me to feel imposed upon generally, I think in that sense. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. Carving time. I like, but again, I like sleep. I like sleep. I like rest. I like, I, I enjoy not doing anything. I enjoy like getting fat. I enjoy like eating a ton of little Debbie's. I like, I like pretty much all of December, pretty much by mid December. Now I've been so sick. I can't, I can barely eat or do anything. So in some ways that's been helpful, but yeah, it's very easy to it's easy to chill because I think, again, for the religious significance of the Christmas holiday, 
is the advent of a solution for the, what is it? The sort of negative motivation for production, meaning my desire to be perfect or prove my perfection through effort was revealed to be uh, an improper solution through Christmas, right? So Christmas is the sort of the, it's not even the incarnation because it's like, no, I don't think anyone thinks Jesus was born in December. So I don't know, whatever. Um, but whatever, like the, uh, and uh, Jesus of course came to earth as like a child inside of a womb. So it's not like his birth was somehow, especially all that phenomenally interesting, except you can now see him. So like, that's important to people, but he already existed inside of his, his mother's womb or whatever. So he was already there. So we're just celebrating like nine months later, he came out. You're like, okay, I guess it's a moment, whatever. Um, but in that, the whole thing of like logos, the word made flesh. So like in it, like essential pre-existent truth uh, or essentially God being revealed in flesh means uh, that us trying to become God through our efforts of productivity, through our building our towers of Babel in our capitalist like zeal to like transform the world and, and be be it, be everything it is that we dream we could be in our moments of rest. Um, and then failing in that is a is such a burden, you know, my like the 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 burden of my inability to be everything that I know I can be is existential weight that I can't, I have been unable to lift on my own ever. In Christ coming in our in incarnate form, perfection in incarnate form means oh there like there is a pot path of possibility and it's not my own doing so that's most exciting so instead of like who's really going to judge me for not living up to my own standards like me people who know me real well but ultimately like who cares who cares what i think and who cares what other people think but if there is like a creator who judges all of us for the, exactly that thing that we know that we're guilty of then then i'm effed right but jesus comes and he's like the path of not being effed for that so in that way, this whole season is like a, it's just like, hence the gifts, right? You're like, here's gifts you don't deserve. It's not because you're amazing. This is why Santa sucks. F Santa, right? No, I, it's, um, it's rearranged his letters of his name and it's Satan, right? Uh, because Santa destroys the whole concept of Christmas and actually makes it a burdensome time because the whole premise of the whole like Santa thing is like, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake, right? So then based upon your goodness on how right, how obedient and good you were, then you get gifts, right? And that's not at all the Christ, the Jesus incarnate premise. The Jesus incarnate premise is no, you don't deserve any gifts. And yet God is, God came and offered a way for you to have gifts forever. So in that way, it's a great time to rest. And it's easy in this season to rest from labor because it's the complete opposite of labor which is again why i hate the whole freaking santa thing because it puts labor back on it i mean talk about a freaking capitalist miasma the whole santa concept is a is a brutal uh, like authoritarian invention as far as i'm concerned i hate santa though we could do a whole episode on that <laughs> but the movie elf is, is <laughs> funny though right I mean, can... yeah yeah and miracle on, uh, on 34th street it's a it's a funny construct and St. Nicholas himself was actually pretty much a badass. He, there's a famous story. He apocryphally, oh, I think I said this to you. I had this whole like stand-up comedy bit where everyone was complaining about Thanksgiving this year and being like, Thanksgiving is synonymous with genocide. I was like, first of all, this doesn't make any damn sense. You're talking about 
1621 or 1628 meetings between pilgrims and native peoples that was added to the to the as like an apocryphal element of the quote-unquote thanksgiving myth in the 1840s over almost 100 years after thanksgiving was declared that is pretty much like complaining that saying christmas is about you know violence and religious zealotry because of the actions of saint nicholas which has nothing to do with flipping christmas it's just something added on later and then it's like complaining about santa claus so saint nicholas at the council of nicaea apocryphally or really no one really knows uh another Achaeus, another sort of bishop there uh denied christ's jesus divinity in front of saint nicholas uh and saint nicholas uh punched him in the face whoa so saint nick Hardcore. And I think St. Nick actually would, would be flipping furious that he had any association with, with, uh, with Santa Claus and with works-based works -based righteousness. Like, do you see how messed up that is? All right, kids, if you're, a be if you're good this year, you'll get all the gifts. Oh, you've been bad. Santa sees you when you're bad. Oh, oh golly gosh, you didn't do the right thing right now. You know what I mean? And it makes it this like, oh, you have to like do all these things in order to, to have to have love so it creates a double-sided terribleness right and how can people rest in a season like that when they're like oh did i do enough good things this year to deserve this rest did i did i accrue enough and then will i be able to do it again next year or do i deserve no rest because i have been i haven't done enough good things i mean my goodness gracious that'll that'll kill that is the most like anti-christian concept and it'll it'll kill you man i think it's going to give you an ulcer dude <laughs> so that's how christmas helps helps me relax well i will i will own that i have spent a lot of christmases dissociating i'm, I'm not i know i'm not alone but i'm gonna own it for myself and you know drinking overeating stuffing myself numbing out yeah uh, i'm setting an intention not to do that uh entirely this year I mean, yes, yeah we'll eat drink and be married but I, you know, especially as, as my parents' health is waning and I'm just like, you know, I want to, like, why yeah. do I do that? Like, why would I not want to be here in this yeah. just amazing time and just totally feel everything in this moment? Yeah. Well, I hope you get that time with them, man. Thank you. Thank you. And again, well, isn't this, but look at, that's another example of grind culture, right? But we, so for whatever reason, humans are messed up, dude, right? Let's just say that we're messed up uh oh, like what the question for today are humans messed up are humans messed up yes it's our shortest episode um but like look at that that like it take and i'm not again this is not castigation of you in the same way that or it's castigation of both of us that it's like oh once you start seeing the deadline of like oh dang like what if my dad fell down again and he didn't get back up like that could that could happen like soon so all of a sudden you get a little grind culture-y and you're like mm, i better I got to kind of bear down on this. I got to put some extra hours in because deadline, the deadline is approaching. And this is the wonder of death. This is why we should memento mori all the time. Let's just keep a little bit of grind, a little bit of grind on our mind all the time. So it doesn't have to, we don't have to cram session these sorts of things, you know? And then we don't have to aim for dissociation to cope with the regret we have that we procrastinated again, even though we know that's like not the healthiest thing to do. And yet I still do it. I've, I've, I've castigated myself for, for cramming, for creating grind culture in my own life for 
40 years? <laughs> I'm going to spend Christmas maximizing the efficiency of quality time. Yes, there you go. It's an NA, it's some of it, but you you are on a good tip, though, when you're talking about your Mario brick of um, some of it is about like, and I'm not good at scheduling at all. So this is why I just find it almost mysteriously appealing or I haven't been good at scheduling in the past um, is scheduling. Like actually like prior, pre-prioritizing that which you know you prioritize. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to really make sure to spend more time with my parents being like Tuesday, four to six, you know, <laughs> Wednesday, three to five, you know what I mean? Like putting it, like making it a thing, like prioritizing it or, or else basically whatever is scheduled will just eventually eat the things that are more important, you know? Right. You know, I remember this, this last year, I, I pretty successfully carved out between Christmas and New Year's and one day, I, like all I had was a lunch with a friend, which is just astonishingly rare for me. Um, yeah. That little scheduled, and I, I'd never been to her house, and I brought her this pizza, and we we talked for seven hours. Awesome! It's like my favorite day. It's just like, how do I make that happen more? Mm-hmm. Obviously, by being a billionaire, <laughs> or being a billionaire in your mind. Just Probably knowing, knowing, heart. yeah, knowing you have all the billions that you already have, you already need. You I have the billions. And, and I know you're sick and I'm on the mend. Uh, so I, I hope we both get some rest. And yeah, you'll, my friend. All right. Sleep, sleep well. And uh, I'll talk to you on Christmas Day. Yes. Let's do that. Love you. Bye.